and welcome to the Victory Devotional Podcast. We invite you to take the next few minutes to connect with God, hear His voice, and respond in worship and prayer. Here's today's message. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for being with us this morning. We pray, Lord God, that you'd open the eyes of our heart. Lord, open our ears that we might hear you. Lord God, even beyond the words that I could share, that you might speak to us, that we, you might minister to us, Lord God, that you might open our understanding to the truth that's in your word, to the truth of this walk with you, to the truth of prayer and faith, Lord God, that we would have a greater appreciation, greater joy of this relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 30. It says, By faith Moses, when he, grew, he, he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled, for seven days. I'm sure we have many heroes we look up to. Heroes that inspire us and give us a glimpse of what could be possible. He heroes that motivate us and drive us to keep going. Some of these heroes might even be fictional, yet they inspire us. Many of us can probably remember our growing up heroes. I remember mine. Some were in comic books. Then once in a while, I get to see them on uh, animated shows on TV and once in a while in full-length movies. But we also have real heroes, real-life heroes. We hear about them. We see pictures of them. Uh, some of them, we've seen probably seen some of the interviews, uh, uh, see them in action. Some of them we've read about in biographies and history books. Sometimes uh, we read about, uh, and so when we read about these great men of God in the Bible, many times we treat them the same way. We get inspired, we get motivated, we get even awed by them. Hebrews 11 talks about a few of these truly amazing men and women of God. We can truly get stirred by their life and their, their, their exploits in a sense, the great attempts they did and the, 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 the miracles that they saw uh, uh, manifest in their lives and how they conquered so many things. Sometimes we even say, if we can only achieve half of what these men have achieved, that would be an awesome life. That would be truly amazing. Friends, I'm excited that we get inspired by these people. But Hebrews 11 was not just written to inspire us and to encourage us to live like these men and women that we read about. I believe Hebrews 11 shows us the fruit of Hebrews 1 to 10. 
what the fruit of embracing Hebrews 1 to 10 looks like. The goal of the author of Hebrews was to show how amazing Jesus was and is. He is supreme and above all. So when we get to Hebrews, by the time we get to Hebrews 11, we see that faith is the right response to this amazing God we've been reading about from Hebrews chapter 1 to Hebrews chapter 10. The author wants us to see what can happen to ordinary men and women like us, like you and I, who trust God and who has faith in God. We can see that these people did not walk out the miracles because of how amazing they were, but because of how amazing Christ and our Savior really is. So as we look at Moses, let us not just look at what he did and attempt the same, but let us look at what happened to him, what transformed him to who God called him to be. Though Moses grew up in royalty, he eventually ran away for his life. The once confident, highly trained man became hopeless, confused, broken, and he ended up even hiding from everyone possible for decades. When Moses finally encounters God again, he was no longer the son of Pharaoh, the man with authority and power. Instead, he was a shepherd who no longer knew who he was. But Moses was transformed, totally transformed, that eventually he confronted and battled with the most powerful man of his day. He led a nation of nobodies, of slaves, a broken nation, through the great impossibilities in the wilderness and even impossibilities created by time, all the way to the foot of the promised land. When you really think about it, what an amazing turnaround life Moses had. So the question is, what happened to Moses? How was he transformed? How did he become a man of faith that we all desire to be? So let's look at a few things from the scripture we read. First, Moses saw life's greatest and most precious treasure. Verse 24, by faith, Moses, when he has grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Verse 26, he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. He was looking to the reward. When I saw this, especially he considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt. This made me think, and I was thinking about this for a while. He considered the insults intended to damage his reputation, even the reputation of Christ, more, pressure, more precious than Egypt's treasure. How could you exchange insults, uh, 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 attacks, uh, belittling, uh, rejection? How could you exchange that? and say that's more precious than the treasures you can ask or imagine in our world. He identified with the slaves and his friends and the, and the, and the leaders of Egypt and probably his, his Egyptian family reproached him 
made fun of him, insulted him, and probably wondering in their mind, what happened to Moses? Moses grew up in extreme wealth, and Moses also faced extreme poverty. And his conclusion was, and is, he considered the reproach of Christ more precious than all the treasures of Egypt. The question is then, have you seen the extreme treasure of Christ and the extreme treasure we have in Christ? Many think that the abundant, the abundant life Christ promises will happen in eternity. But that is only part of the message. The truth is the life of God in us starts today. Have you, have you seen the amazing treasure of God's unconditional love? Have you, me, have you seen the amazing treasure of God's steadfast love? That never changing, always constant, relentless love of God for all of us. How about the amazing treasure, purpose, and hope? How about the amazing treasure of real freedom from sin and from other bondages? How about amazing, the amazing treasures of spiritual community? You never have to be alone again. There is a family, there is a community, there are friends that stick closer than a brother who will stand by you and with you no matter what you face. Many times people exchange Christ for valuable things or even extremely expensive things in our world. I realize this, if all we have are extremely expensive things, then we have nothing priceless, which also means we have nothing worthy to sacrifice all. Moses saw what was priceless and he pursued it with all his life. Pursuing Christ and getting to know him more and more, friends, is truly priceless. Secondly, Moses, he saw him who, was, who is invisible. Verse 27, by faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. When I go for a ride with friends, we once in a while take turns as the lead in the group. But if you ask me, I prefer to follow because that gives me time and, uh, uh, to adjust. That gives me a, a perspective on what line to take. Gives me a, a, a warning of what's up ahead. I know Moses had questions in his heart when he left Egypt. I wonder how many questions were really answered. I know Moses had probably questions when he went back to Egypt. He probably had more questions when he was battling with Pharaoh. Yet Moses, in his passion and confusion, he saw God who is invisible and he followed God. So the question we face is this, have you seen God? Do you see God, him who is invisible? Friends, Moses followed him who is invisible 
by following his word. Moses simply walked out the word of God. Moses followed and obeyed the word of God. Friends, today we have the word of God. We can follow God through his word. We can have a glimpse of God through his word. Moses saw him who is invisible in prayer. Moses would spend so much time in the presence of God, in the tent that they put up for the presence of God. Moses would spend so much time there in God's presence. Wait, worship, pray, and get his instructions. The amazing thing for me was Joshua couldn't get inside the tent, but he stayed in the periphery. Every time Moses would go there, Joshua would just be outside. And guess what? Even Joshua encountered God. Even Joshua encountered a transforming uh, encounter with God himself. Joshua saw him who is invisible. And eventually we find out Joshua followed him who is invisible. The word of God and time-seeking God can show us him who is invisible. Lastly, Moses understood enough to obey. Moses understood enough to obey. Verse 28, By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled. They had been encircled for seven days. Think about this. Moses could have argued or demanded an explanation for the sprinkled blood. Instead, he declared it and proclaimed it to his people and they all obeyed and they were spared from the angel of death. Many times you demand to know and understand why before we want to act or before we're willing to act. But the greatest, wisest, and most practical understanding is to understand enough to obey. Enough to obey God. If we can understand what to obey, then we're set in life. We're set on a path that God planned, provides for, and wants to establish in our lives. In the news just a few days ago, a non-pilot landed a single-engine airplane after the pilot collapsed while they were on the air. He called the tower, he tried to understand, praise God, there was an instructor there who knew the plane and gave him instructions on how to do it, how to land safely. What if he kept ex, 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 uh, demanding explanations for every instruction? How will this work? How, why will this work? What if he questioned the instructions and wondered whether they will work or not? Wanting to be proven wrong or proven right. If he's demanded explanations, if he demanded uh, 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 ex, uh, more understanding, he probably wouldn't have made it. The plane would have crashed and everyone probably would have died. But he had enough understanding that all he needed to do was to obey the instructions 
of the instructor on the other line. And they made it safe and sound. Our immediate need is to understand so we can obey. If I get enough to understand what I need to obey, then I can keep going. If I get enough to understand sin and repentance, then I get a chance to go to God and receive forgiveness. If I get enough understanding to go, to, that going to God is my salvation, then I get to experience eternal life. If I get to understand that not only faith, that, that, that only faith pleases God, then I get the chance to please the Creator, the King of Kings, and the Lord of all. Friends, Moses did not have to understand how God exists. He just obeyed. Moses did not have to understand how the ten plagues can happen. He just had to obey. Moses did not have to understand how the Red Sea will part or how the water will be displaced. He just had to obey. Joshua did not have to understand that they can conquer the, 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 the wall by circling it seven times. They just had to obey. Friends, we may not know how miracles work, but if we know, if we understand to obey, we will see miracles. We may not understand fully how prayer or reading the Bible or uh, 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 worship or uh, work, but if we know and understand enough to obey, we will see the fruits of prayer, the amazing transforming power of worship, and the power of the Word of God in our lives. We may not understand why tithing works or how tithing works, but if we understand enough to obey, we will see the windows of heaven open above us and experience a blessing we cannot contain and a blessing that will overtake us. Friends, I don't know so many, many things, but I also have many, many opportunities to obey God and His Word. And if we can obey God, we will see God's life-transforming power change us, change our world, and even change those around us. Let us apply and obey the Word of God. Let us worship God again. In the power of resurrection, in the sharing of suffering, to be shaped into your image, I want to know you, I want to know you, in the parting of the waters, in the fires of the furnace, in the shadow of your refuge, I want to know you, I want to know you, in the days of revival, in pursuit of the broken, in the glory of your purpose, I want to know you, I want to know you, in the days
Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for how amazing you truly are. Lord, we serve an amazing God. Lord, we serve you, the most loving God, never giving up. Your relentless love pursues us and, and, and continues to work in us. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for the amazing future ahead of us. And we know, Lord God, and we understand that faith to trust you is the only response possible. And so we ask you, Lord God, show us what we need to obey, that we might take the steps of faith to trust you and to see your goodness, your graciousness, and your compassion follow us, overtake us, and even flow through us that others might get to know you as well. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope this helps you build a habit of hearing from God daily. For more messages like these, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to watch these messages live every morning, visit us on facebook.com slash victoryph.